The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast's Final Four Watch Party, April 4th. First at 7.30 p.m., the Sports Gambling Podcast crew will be at the Ice House in Los Angeles, so come hang out with the crew. All the info right now at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions but since i'm on probation i suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well if you could talk about racing things we could talk about racing now here are your hosts rod via gomez and cody zeeb Welcome in to the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network he's Cody Zeeb I'm Rod via Gomez if you're watching on YouTube you notice something a little bit different than what you're normally used to seeing uh, out of this, Cody. I, I sprung this on you last night. I was tinkering around a little bit and uh, asked you how you felt about it. Now that we've seen it live, how do you feel about it? I like it even more in the the live version than than what you sent me last night. That was incredible. Uh, like the new opening. If you're not listening on YouTube, uh, just go go subscribe to our YouTube because you should do that anyways. But uh, yeah, check out the first 30 seconds and watch the little intro. Pretty, pretty freaking sweet, Rod. Uh, good job. Props to you there. You know, I am not the professional at video that I, I tend to want to be. I'm more of an audio guy anyways because video is so time intensive. But, you know, I was I was messing around a little bit and I thought, uh, but this doesn't have a little NASCAR feel, but it's got cars. But I was like, I'm just going to I'm just going to float it out there and see what everybody thinks. So um, obviously, I'm not a pro at, at video. So you guys... <laughs> Don't come at me you're, with a, that was so amateur. Me, uh, well, there you go. But um, anyways, I, again, this is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. For those of you listening, welcome in again. Uh, we're so happy to have you. Uh, but do go check out that YouTube channel. It's 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 growing. We're trying to grow it. The bosses really are, are putting an emphasis. As the NFL refs have points of ref, of, uh, of um, what emphasis is, so do our bosses. So uh, this is a point of emphasis this season for, for us as that's a YouTube channel. So um, just go check it out. It doesn't take much time. Go hit a like, go subscribe, go ring the bell, all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, we've gone live a couple times. We've done our, our recaps on Sunday night the last couple of weeks. Uh, probably we'll continue to do that whenever it works out for both of us. Um, and so, yeah, then you can you can join in the conversation and and uh, get notified when we when we are live. So uh, definitely 
definitely get over there and check out the YouTube. You are correct, sir. Left and right turns are on the schedule for us this week as we travel to Austin, Texas for the Circuit of the Americas track. It is the first road course of the season. There's so many storylines going into this weekend, not just for the Cup Series, but of obviously the, the Xfinity and the Truck Series. Um, Cody's going to catch us up on some news here real quick uh, as we as we head into this road race weekend. But I will tell you that if you are confused as to why this is the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix betting episode, a couple of things. One, books are damn slow. I mean, we've we've said this time and time again. We we've we've just alluded to the fact that books need to hurry up and put and put odds out faster. But they gave us plenty of ex, or of uh, Cup Series odds to work with this weekend. We're we're walking the fine line between two schools of thought here. One that one that I saw earlier that said just because the odds are out doesn't mean you have to bet them. But then there's the other school of thought that if there's value out there, grab it now. And, uh, and have some fun betting early because, you know, you never know when these lines are going to move. And also, find the bet, then find the odds. So, what we're doing now is we're finding you the bets. We're finding you the best odds for those right now, but we expect those bets to get probably better and or not necessarily move all that much. So, uh, we're kind of giving you the best of both worlds on a Tuesday night. It's, it's just... Uh, that, that's a philosophy behind bringing you the Cup Series first. So we'll give you plenty of time in the week to get settled in and get those bets. Yeah, and, and give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. But uh, I think you're right on track there. I think there is, there's a couple components to it. When the odds first come out, I know there's a lot of people, they want to jump on everything right away. And it's like, you want to save some of it. But there is also uh, getting in on things early in the week before they get bet down, before the lines do shift. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, depending on the race, there's going to be practice qualifying and stuff that will change things. So I think that this week specifically, it's actually good to do it earlier because we're going to have, we're going to talk about it. We're going to paint our picture, how we see things going and, and give out the bets that we have now. And, and then I think that I'm going to leave room on my card for after practice, after qualifying, because I think that those are going to be more important this week than possibly any other week this season as far as placing your bets. But getting in on some of these now before we see practice and qualifying, you might get a lot better odds than down the road after Friday afternoon when we've seen practice and qualifying and the odds shift drastically. So there's there's many different ways of schools of thought there, but this gets it in your podcast feed nice and early in the week. Gives you a couple days uh, so you can listen listen when it's convenient as well and then get those bets placed. And again, we're not just giving you picks. Like I'm giving you contradicting stats to back those up. You know, so you it's it's important that you understand our research methods. So that way, you, when I tell you all of the stats and then give you the opposite bet, you know why. So and, and then of course, as you go into your own research over the course of the week, you'll hearken back to what Cody and I said, and you'll weigh it against what you found in your research, and you become a more informed better. You don't just pay for my picks. And then and then come at us when we don't cash. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we're not bitter. And then and and we're going to get into it in a minute. But there's obviously some big changes here with the whole stages and, and everything, and that's going to affect how this race goes, how how you bet on this race, and, and we're going to lay out the scenarios. You're going to have to decide which scenario you think is the one that happens, because that's going to be the one you're going to want to bet on. So it, it's great to follow our picks too, but but we also like to help you guys 
be able to make your own informed decisions as well. Uh, just teach teach a person to bet, and they'll only cash when you cash. Teach a, a person how to make bets, and they will cash every single time. I, I think we need I to like make a it. shirt. That's, wow. That, I feel like that came straight out of the Bible. <laughs> I don't have one around. I think that was the next verse after the fishing one. <laughs> Burns my hands every time I touch it. Uh, all right, Cody, before we get started uh, setting up the race in Coda at the Circuits of the Amer- at the Circuit of the Americas, uh, track. There is some some buzzing news going around. I know one one piece of news you're ready to get to. You you posted it in the Discord. I'm sure. I'm sure that made the yeah. headlines, right? <laughs> it did. Okay. First, I want to do quick uh, quick history lesson. Ooh, yes, I know please. we've not done these a ton. We don't usually have time, but I wanted to make time for this one today. Uh, sad news from this day, March 21st, uh, 1997. John Nemechek uh, was critically hurt in a crash in at Homestead, Miami. Actually, on the 16th, but uh, he passed away on this day in 1997. Um, his brother, who was Winston Cup regular Joe, left the Darlington race and did not compete there. Phil Parsons subbed in for Joe. Um, and then a few short months later, in on June 11th of 1997, uh, Joe's son was born and named John Hunter Nemechek in memory of jo- uh, John Nemechek. So that uh, that's where John Hunter gets his name from, uh, from carrying on that legacy of his uh, his uncle who tragically passed away in that uh, in that accident. And then actually, following that inc- incident, Homestead was reconfigured into a true oval with a six degree banking to reduce the possibility of that type of crash that killed Nemechek again. And then when they came back there in the fall. Uh, Joe won the Bush Series race, Xfinity Series now, uh, in November on th- at that now reconfigured circuit, um, and so that it all kind of worked out in the ways that they could honor his brother. Obviously, Joe winning there, we saw the same thing 2001 when Dale Jr. won at Daytona, first time back after losing his father at that track, and then uh, John Hunter, obviously born right after the death of his uncle, and uh, and that's how he got his name. So, but it was on this date uh, in 1997 that. John passed away. That is definitely sad. Although I did uh, like Joe Nemechek for sure in that 01. And see, this is why you have to have beers with these guys, right? I mean, we always sit here and talk about why don't we like you? Why don't we like you? You find out these backstories and you're like, yeah, okay. I I, I respect your journey. I respect who you right. are as a human being. Exactly. So we need to have more beers with these uh, with these drivers. Exactly. Okay. On to the news section. We have, uh, we have some news. Uh, the biggest, obviously, you just alluded to it. Josh Williams. To no surprise, it was announced he is going to be suspended for one race. Honestly, I think this actually kind of works out perfect timing. Williams is not a great road course racer, uh, so Alex LeBay is going to jump in that car. He's a very good road course driver, so it works out for the team. No fine, so Denny Hamlin's not on the hook for for Josh Williams' fine. Uh, he was pretty good. He was on the Door Bumper Clear podcast this week with uh, talking with the spotters over there on Dirty Mo Media, um, and, and it was cool to hear his story of you know, everything. And also he has, uh, they're selling shirts on the, on his website, which I, I tweeted this out. I shared in the discord. I retweeted it as well. Uh, it's pretty sweet. There's a lot going on, but it's got his car. It's got him doing the, the Taylor Swift heart hands. Uh, it's got him holding up the peace sign, all of it. Uh, and it says park it Williams on it. Uh, pretty cool. But the coolest part is all the proceeds from this 
official park it shirt uh, are going to go to support the organizations of the Josh Josh Williams Hospital Tour. Um, and there's a couple of different different things included in that. But if you didn't know, this guy is a super good guy. And every week when they're in a different city at these tracks, he goes to a children's hospital, spends time with the kids, you know, in his fire suit, comes in as a race car driver, does all that cool stuff and does a bunch of charity work behind the scenes. I mean, not a guy who gets a bunch of publicity or anything. So he just does it out of the kindness of his heart and to give back. And so now that he's he's got this elevated platform, right, we see these things that, that catch people's attention and, and everybody wants in on it. So you can go buy a shirt now. And the proceeds go to a good cause. So uh, obviously, kind of an underdog story. Everybody, uh, everybody liked liked the story. Had fun with it. Has to be suspended for a race. It's it's necessary, but um, he can still apply for a waiver to to uh, get allowed into the playoffs if he wins a race later on in the season. And there is a past. Um, I can't recall who it was. Somebody was suspended previously, though applied for the waiver and was granted the waiver. So even if they're suspended, uh, they can still apply for the waiver. So, but no monetary fine, no point reduction, none of that, just the one race suspension for Josh Williams. Uh, and then go check out those t-shirts if you're, if you're interested in that. Yeah. Those t-shirts are pretty neat. And, and listen, now that I know exactly where the, the money's going to, I mean, that's, that's why you do things like that, right? You grab that moment of attention. The, the keys are dangling in the people's faces enough. It's trending fast enough. You, you got to snatch that while you can and obviously give it to a good cause. But, I mean, you had to know. You had to know. When, when he parked that car, no part of him was thinking he was going to get away with that without something. So I don't think he was surprised at all. I don't think this was anything. But, I mean, look, man, if this yeah, doesn't... And if you, when you hear him talk about it, too, it's, I, I mean... I don't think he even necessarily maybe meant to do. I mean, it's one of those things in the heat of the moment, you know, and he was just, he was so flustered and there had been a lot of back and forth about, are, are you kidding me? Like, is this really the thing? They're checking with the officials. He had already slowed down and they're like, yeah, park it. And he was rolling up on the start finish line. And he's like, fuck it. I'll park it. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. then it just, it just kind of happened. I don't think there was a ton of thought put into it or, or anything. Uh, and, and I mean, really, so there, it is in the rule book, as we learned, right, that, that NASCAR, it's, it's up to NASCAR, but they're allowed to make the call to, to park you if they want to. There had obviously been a ton of cautions. Things were not going the way that NASCAR wanted to. They were already getting in, pushing the TV window. And so I think that it pissed them off that there was another quick caution. All is literally off the car. I mean, that was it. So it, they probably should not have parked him, but in the heat of the moment made the decision to park him in the heat of the moment. He made the decision to stop there. Now we have t-shirts, a great story. <laughs> it was on ESPN, all that fun stuff. So, uh, you know, they say no, uh, what is it? No, 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 no press is bad press. Yeah, exactly. And so that, uh, that, that's kind of the case here, I think. Yeah. All right. What else you got, Cody? Okay. Two other things. They are putting the, uh, restart zone back to the normal length. They had extended it for the first four races of the season, five races, however many races we're in so far, but they had extended it. Uh, we saw the backup on, on the I five at auto club with that whole deal, uh, that had been per the driver's request, but NASCAR's reviewed that and they said, yeah, we don't like it too much. So starting this week at Coda, that's back to the size it was last year. Uh, so it'll be back to the the reduced uh, restart zone going forward. And then obviously the biggest thing, and we're going to harp on this 
this entire week of shows for all three series. There are still stages in these races on road courses, but there's no stage breaks. So as they come around to the end of the stage, the green and checker or the green checkered flag, whatever it is, will wave in the air. And whoever crosses the line first gets the playoff point, gets the 10 points, but the race continues. No caution flag. They're not going to close the pits. They're not going to anything. It'll just, the race will continue. So for the biggest thing, as far as betting, this goes is it's going to change the racing in a massive way. Things are going to be completely different. It's, it's almost hard to look at last year and how people did and, and what happened and even compare it to this year. There's, we're going to have statistics from last year, and there's things we saw, obviously, throughout the six road course races we had last season in this car that we're going to be able to take from them. But things are going to be completely different. You're going to see different strategies. Everything is completely different. And I, the way that I'm going to probably view this and bet on this weekend is, and I'll be curious to see what you think, Rod, but honestly, I mean, for when it comes to the Cup Series, which is what we're talking about today, I think whoever is the fastest car in practice sits on the pole, I think they're going to run away early and then it's going to be hard to catch that person. I think that if a Kyle Larson type gets on the pole up front, it's going to be really hard. I mean, we generally see in these road courses, somebody that starts on the front row goes out, leads most of stage one until right at the end of the stage. And then they'll flip the stage and go in and then random people pick up the stage points every, every time because of the, the flip strategies and everything. And so I think that we're not going to see that because of of that. And then I think not having these re, as many restarts scheduled at least is going – I mean, last year, how many times did we see these disastrous restarts and just bunching the field up and that a bunch of guys got taken out at Coda, a big one in turn one last season on, a, on one of the wrecks. And so I think it's going to spread the field out. That's going to lead to less cautions. There may still be some cautions, I think, because you'll have some incidents here and there. Uh, but I think it's going to lead to less cautions. I think it's going to lead to more people don't like to follow the leader. Lots of green flag stuff. You might not want to watch this week. Cause I think there's going to be a lot of that. It's, it could look like a max Verstappen F1 race at some point where guys are just running away with it. I mean, you get to the truck series, you got guys like Kyle Busch, guys like Alex Bowman in that race. How is anybody ever going to catch Kyle Busch when there is no built in cautions for them to gain an advantage? I don't know. So Pit stops are going to be important. Strategy might come into play depending on how tires are wearing, depending on fuel runs, depending on when cautions do end up landing. There is not, I mean, generally when we come into these races, everything is planned. We're going to stop three laps before the, the pit end of this caution or stage. We're going to flip it. We're going to stay out. We're going to get the stage points. Then we'll just fall to the back later. It's everything is not going to be planned like that. Everybody is going to have different plans. There's going to be cautions that happen that change strategies. It's so hard to know what's going to happen. And, and it's been since 2017 that we've had stages. So you could go back and look at 2016, but it's a long time ago. A lot of things have changed for the cup series. We're in a different version of the car, a lot of new faces back then. There was only two road courses, not six. There's almost no comparison to back then. So it's going to be, and we'll have to pay attention and see how things go this weekend, and maybe we can use that for the next five road courses. But it, it, I think that we see a lot of the stretched out green flag. Not a bunch of guys are going to be near each other, going to be less caution flags, a lot of green flag racing. But 
there's still that chance, right? You get down to the end, a caution happens, we go into overtime. Once you get into one overtime, that's a long ass lapse. You got to, it takes a long time to get back to the white flag. So three, four, five, six overtimes later, it could be the 50 to one that ends up winning these races. But in general, I think my strategy is going to be, I'm taking a lot of guys near the top. It's going to be kind of a chalky week for me. And I think that we're going to see more spread out racing, less cautions, but there's a lot of different ways this could go, Rod. Yeah, and that's 100% true. And that's that was the one, I think, handicapping thing that we need to take into consideration more than anything is that there's no stage breaks. And so what you end up doing is is what I, what I usually did, or what I did coming into this, was I took a look at like stage one of those races because that's where you're probably going to get the most. Because obviously the beginning of part of stage one and how they ran in the beginning part of stage one is basically what you're probably going to see for the whole race. Uh, short of a couple of pit stops here and there. When you bunch them back up, when those stage breaks aren't there anymore, that's how it's going to stay. I mean, there's not a lot of passing in this. We've seen it before with Sonoma. We saw it with Watkins Glen. Now, for me, the, the curiosity is, is after this race, will it change again? You know what I'm saying? Like, will right. they say, okay, this didn't work because it did get spread out? Think about it this way. One of those Coda races was an absolute wet and wild slip and slide race, right? I mean, there was water that made that whole race more dangerous than it was supposed to be at Coda. It, it led to a couple of those cautions. It led to a, uh, some pretty massive wrecks. There were five cautions, uh, and, and you know, two of those were stage break cautions there in 2021. There were nine cautions in 2022 last season, obviously, with two of those as stage breaks. So, Will there be a couple of, of instances of actual cautions that bunch the field back up? Yeah, because, I mean, we saw the, these cars, when they do get bunched up um, and, and when they do kind of catch each other, you know, maybe after a pit stop or maybe something happens that they kind of get in the general vicinity, especially on a couple of those turns where, you know, they're going to get into each other. So does that happen? It very well could, but there's a lot of ground to cover in this track, and we could see potentially cars go two, three laps down to the leader just yeah. because they're slow. That's that's something you're going to see is that his cars actually getting lapped on a, on in a legit way on a road course, which, which is going to make a difference. You're not going to have that built in. You know, somebody makes a mistake early. They end up going a lap down, but we got the stage caution coming up, and so they're going to get it back. There's, there's none of that extra stuff built in there. Um, and, and there are some really, really tight turns on this track. Um, again, this is, uh, this was the first track in the United States built to the FIA's grade for formula one. Um, and obviously formula one goes down there for the, the, I don't know what the Texas grand prix, whatever they call that one, but it's the United um, States one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it's, it's, yeah, there's, so when you get them bunched up, we, we see these guys, these cup guys uh, in all three of these series, it just, they, it gets the beating and banging gets so bad. It's almost almost embarrassing it's it's so bad sometimes and we've seen it at how many times in that turn one at Watkins Glen it's that big sharp turn and, and they all just pile up and end up in the sand trap and we've seen it a couple years ago at Indy Road Course and, and just so many examples of that and without these built-in cautions once things get spread out you're gonna have different people pitting at different times different strategies somebody catches a caution somebody pits early enough I mean there are going to be so many different things that go into how this might play out. And it's going to be interesting to see. And another, th I mean, another part of that too, 
is that playoff point is sitting out there. Those stage points are sitting out there. Um, and so some of these guys are going to want to make sure they're timing it up. So they are leading at the end of that stage. And, and so somebody might still short bit a stage, right. And get that advantage by coming in early. And so it, it is going to be a lot of unknowns going into this for sure. Which is weird because you kind of thought you'd have it pegged and right. no, no, just <laughs> Which at this you point, thought. you know, we're six races into road courses in the next gen. Everything should be easy, right? No, no. it's not. Not going to be, uh, not going to be easy for sure. And again, I think we'll learn a lot from this one to take forward to the other five. And not that all these road courses are comparable completely, but in a general sense, they are. Um, so it'll be interesting. And then the last thing I wanted to touch on too, the loaded field for this weekend. Um, you're going to have Jensen Button in the number 15 car for Rick Ware. He's a former F1 guy. Uh, that car is going to be prepared by Stuart Haas, so it's not your typical uh, Rick Ware racing car. Um, you're going to have Connor Daly in the 50 car. You're going to have Jimmy Johnson in the 81 car. Kimi Raikkonen, former F1 champion, going to be in the 91, Project 91 car. Uh, who is in the number nine car? Remind me. Uh, that's ooh, that's Jordan. A, yeah, Jordan Taylor. Uh, Jordan Taylor, yes. He's an IMSA champion. Big Chevy Corvette guy. He's won a ton of of street stuff. He's also, and, and a lot of, I've heard already some rumblings of an unfair advantage. He's a garage 56 driver for Hendrick for their Lama entry. And so he's already got some practice, I think on this track, even in a, not the same, but it's a pretty similar to the next gen car. And that number nine car is generally the best car out there on these road courses. So it's going to be interesting. I, I'm hesitant to bet on any of these guys. I get there's some F1 guys. Raikkonen looked pretty good when he raced at Watkins Glen last season until he got wrecked out. But that's part of this that's different from the F1 guys. Those guys don't bump and touch. These guys are pretty rough. And these stock cars weigh a lot more than the open wheel cars do. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Taylor Taylor's going to be the one that in that nine car, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I still don't know that I, I'm going to find any way to bet on these guys i think uh is it taylor and raikkonen that are in a head-to-head -head against each other i think i um, saw that i think i saw that one somewhere and i don't think either of us took that for uh, just because that's kind of a who knows which way to go there i was i was trying to find i was like man i'd like to throw this out just because it's fun but i don't really know which way i would go on it so i guess you probably you say you take the better car but if if raikkonen's in a track house car those are almost as good as hendrick cars so yeah, I don't know. Good luck if you want to pick a side on that. But but a loaded field, so it's going to be pretty fun to see all of these guys. I mean, this is a star-studded field uh, in addition to your your everyday cup stars. Yeah, and again, a lot of these guys are in high-quality equipment, so you're not putting them in total scrub cars, and so that's yeah, going to yeah, add to because you're in a Hendrick car, yeah. you're in a Trackhouse car, you're in a Stuart Haas. That's, that can be questionable depending on the day, but uh, pretty, pretty elite cars. Yeah. Um, all right, well... Let's, uh, let's start getting down to some bets, shall we? Let's step away for a quick break, come back, and we'll start setting up this Echo Park Automotive uh, Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. Well, let's tell you about WinBet first. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts, plus the other tons of states that they're active in. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time during WinBet Win Hour. Marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you 
a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness still going strong. There's so many ways to bet on the big dance. So sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. You bet $100, you get $100. Limited to state availability. And of course, for you DJs only out there, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you're going to get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. And all you got to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older present. The state play through WinBet is available. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. The SGP guys are going to be hosting a Final Four watch party at the historic Ice House in Pasadena, California, Saturday, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. Pacific. Get all the details right now at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash icehouse. You're looking to hang out with Sean and Ryan at Stadium Swim and watch the biggest golf tournament in the world? You should. I've hung with those guys. They're a great hang. Plus, they know how to give a guy a drink. So I'm just saying, it happens. You can win a three-night stay at Circa Las Vegas to hang with the guys. Contest is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash golf party. And if you don't win the contest, you can still get a discount on a room using promo code SGP. 15. Well, like we said, we're heading to Austin, Texas. It is the site of the Circuit of the Americas. It is the road course. It is a 3.41 mile road course. We're set for 68 laps around this treacherous track for 231.880 miles of up and down action, of left and right action of driving off the track action, of trying to beat each other up action. I mean, we're in for it, Cody. These last couple of years that we've watched this race, it's it's unlike any other road course that I watch because obviously between Watkins, between Sonoma, you know, it, that, that sort of familiarity that we've had with those tracks over the years, you introduce Coda. Like you said, it's an F1-style track, so there's hairpins. Obviously, these cars don't have DRS, uh, so we're not going to watch the back fly. The, the, not, not yet, anyways. Well, yeah, we're close, right? The rear spoiler's not going to flip open, and they're not going to get within a you know second of each other. But right. there's some very hard racing on this. It may end up getting strung out at the front, but I still think there'll be good racing in the middle, which is why we always tell you, bet down the card and have some action toward the middle of it, too. But I think we yeah, picked some it, good bets. If we get to an overtime, like we did last season, if you remember, the, one of the, like, greatest last lap battles in road course history, right? Three wide. You think of like, yeah, you, you think of like Keselowski, Ambrose battling out of Watkins Glen back in 2012, whatever it was. But like this one is up there. You got Alex Bowman, AJ Allmendinger, Ross Chastain. They're beating and banging. Allmendinger gets into Ross, takes the lead. Ross spins Allmendinger, takes it, cashes our 40 to one. So we did. I mean, we did hit a 40 to one here last season. Just throwing that out there. So long shots obviously can win, right? Um, but that's you know, and that so that was exciting last last couple of laps with all that action going on, everything. Um, but will we get that close racing at the end? Who knows? But that's the type of stuff that can happen if we do get that late caution, if we do get that overtime. So while I am gonna be heavy on the favorites, I think you have to have a long shot or two sprinkled farther down the line, too, because anything can happen. There's a lot of in the past, it seems like when we've gone to road courses for a long time, it was you bet Martin Truex Jr., you bet Chase Elliott. Like one of those two guys is going to win every time. That was when we had the two road courses. Then we started expanding. Then we started seeing some more winners. But 
But, you know, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson have kind of been the class of the field. Last season, it ended up being Tyler Reddick. With this new car, though, we got some other some other people in there. Reddick obviously won multiple uh, road courses. Trackhouse looked very good here last season. Daniel Suarez led from the get-go, led a ton of laps before he ended up, I think, losing his power steering or had some type of issue. And then, tra- uh, obviously, Trackhouse teammate Chastain ends up in victory lane. So there's a lot of guys that have become much better on road courses with six of them on the on the schedule. Uh, people are putting more more focus on it, more attention to it. With this new car, uh, I think it's helped level that playing field as well. So we're in for a good one, I think. I agree. Well, let's go, let's get people some money, shall we? Let's start winning them some money. Let's get into it. My first one, this is a fun one I found, and it's, uh, again, one of the reasons you get in early, one of the reasons you're in the Discord. This is I shared this in the Discord not too long after it came out. It's already dropped a little bit, uh, so make sure you're in the Discord so you could have could have already gotten on it at a better price but there is an option for winner of stage one wins the race also an option for winner of stage two wins the race uh winner of stage one is plus 350 winner of stage two is plus 325 i'm gonna bet on both of these because without these cautions again like i said i i honestly think if a kyle larson if a kyle bush if a ross chastain uh, there's a few other guys if they start p1 it's going to be go, and they're not going to look back for a long time. They're likely going to run all the way through the first stage and win that stage. And if you're fast, if you're good, you get. I mean, we've seen how many times have we looked up and Elliott's got a 13 second lead at a road course? Like, and I, I know he's not in this race, but we've seen it happen. And then there's stage caution, they flip things, everything. That's not going to happen this time. If a Kyle Larson has a 13 second lead, he pits, he's going to come back out with a 13 second lead still he can continue to build on that by the end of stage two if we don't have any cautions he might have a 26 second lead and then if it continues to go green there's a good chance that that he's going to just take it all the way home or, or whoever it is that's doing that and so i think getting these these at this price now is going to be easier than trying to live bet that driver later on there's not going to be the and this this eliminates the random stage winners, right? So Kyle Larson comes out, he's he's leading, dominating. Well, then he pits with three laps to go. And you know, Eric Jones randomly wins the stage because he stays out once the playoff point. So you don't have that. So I think if you get somebody that's up front a lot in this race, if they can keep up front, they have the advantage of the no built-in cautions. Uh, I could see this easily going, especially the stage two one, even if there's a caution somewhere earlier in the race. We get to where they cross the line and first at stage two and it stays green. Good chance they stay out front. So I'm going to bet both the winner of stage one to win the race at plus 350 and the winner of stage two to win the race at plus 325. Hopefully you cash at least one of them. Possibility you double dip and, and hit both of them. Yeah, I, I was looking at that one as well, which I'm glad you got to that one because I thought this is such a fantastic little enticing bet given the fact that you're right, the stage breaks are Basically, the cautions are eliminated. Just to break it down, there's 15 uh, stages or 15 laps in stage one, 15 in stage two, 38 in stage three, or in the final stage, obviously, till the end of the race. So all they got to do is lead those 15, right, in either one of those two and come back to win the race, even if they lose the lead at some point, if they just come back and win that race. And, and I think you're right in that it might even be just the winner of stage two that will go on to win the race more than likely because after everything right. shakes out, if there's no caution, that long green flag run, if it happens, 
could very well determine who wins this race. So um, I do like the value in both, though, because you never know uh, with this what it could be. And and I do. I love that bet a lot. I'm not just yeah, kissing. And, and if we end up if we end up getting that overtime caution, then all bets are off. Literally, I mean, <laughs> there's not not as great of a chance that happens because likely somebody's getting dumped. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. in the in the event that it does stay green, which is kind of what I'm banking on with the majority of my card, uh, I, I think that these are going to end up being really good bets. You're going to look back and be like, damn, that was that was kind of easy. If if it plays out the way I, I'm hoping. <laughs> well, if it plays that's out always, the way all that's of us always are hoping. The case, but, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to start mine out kind of a, a nice little swing here, and I'm going to take AJ Allmendinger as a top three car in this one. This one's coming in at plus 350. You know, you talked about it last time, how AJ was basically in uh, an, an all-out battle for the win uh, coming down to the last lap of this race last I think it was the last lap right the one the last and final the, like it was the final corners that that this ended up happening yeah, it was like yeah the last yeah. three or four turns are pretty tight and short and that's where these guys were all just leaning on each other yeah. and yeah I think it was Dinger got into Ross first mm-hmm. took the lead and then Ross just <laughs> straight up flipped him and or not flipped him but turned him and yeah. Well, I had AJ to win the race at that point. You had Ross. I had, I had AJ, Ross, and that yeah. was sorry, but I was glad to catch that forty to hey, one. I, I, Betting I on Ross complain. Chastain before it was cool. Yep, can't complain. But for AJ Allmendinger, obviously, we've talked a lot about his road course prowess in in not just the Xfinity series but the Cup series. I mean, this guy. You go back through the Charlotte Roval of last year. He finished fourth. Watkins Glen. He finished second. Indy. He finished seventh. Uh, road America. He finished ninth. Finished nineteenth in Sonoma. Finished twenty or thirty third in, in Coda here last March, but obviously we just talked about what happened there. Um, he won the Indy Road Course in twenty twenty one. He finished fifth at the first Coda race, seventh at the Daytona Road Course, seventh at the Charlotte Oval. I mean, this guy is phenomenal when it comes to road racing in a Cup car. A top three finish. I'm not asking him to win. I mean, I would absolutely love to bet on AJ Allmendinger to win. But a lot's got to go right for that 16 car in order for him to be able to win this race. But I think, especially if the chaos that we are assuming is not going to be that prevalent, is not. He's a good enough driver to get himself to the front and stay there. He's a good enough driver to qualify in the front and stay there as well. He started 7th at Charlotte, 6th at Watkins Glen. Um, Of course, he's got a... uh, Here's where I contradict myself. He started 20th at Indy, 21st at Road America, 16th at Sonoma, 20th at Coda, 33rd at Charlotte, or at the, yeah, Charlotte Roval. Uh, but he did 8th at the Indy Road Course uh, where he won, 3rd at Road America, 7th at Coda last year, 2nd at the Charlotte Roval the year before. I mean, he, he had a bad stretch there in between, but by and large, he's qualified in the top 10 in more than he hasn't uh, in his career. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that I, I believe A.J. Allmendinger is going to be a top three car. I'll back that up also by adding on a, a uh, Quinella that I found that I, I kind of am I'm intrigued. I like this, right, where you got to get the order. It's Larson and A.J. Allmendinger, right, at plus 2,200. So 22 to 1 for Larson to win and A.J. to finish right behind him. It could happen. Hey, that's two of the best guys out there. I'm I'm a little bit surprised that Almondinger, not as respected by the books as maybe you would have thought. Uh, he is. I mean, he's the true definition of a road course ringer, all-time winningest road course driver in Xfinity Series history. 
going to be on the track Saturday in the Xfinity race. I'm pretty sure anyways. I should double check that, but I'm pretty sure he's in the 10 car. Um, I think he's doing a lot of the, the road courses for them. Uh, but he, so he's, yeah, he, he's good. I have no arguments against him. I, I don't know if I see him winning, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does win. Another thing I wanted to point out too, um, we've talked about how Chevy seems to have had the advantage going into this season so far. Fords were fast last week, but like we talked about in the recap show, that can be deceiving with the super speedway part of things. And I don't think that translates going forward. If you look at the books, everything is pointing towards Chevrolet this weekend. Chevy is minus 145 to win. Ford is at plus 250. Toyota is at plus 400. You go through the odds uh, board, and it's Kyle Larson, Chevy, Ross Chastain, Chevy, Kyle Busch, Chevy, Tyler Reddick's in a Toyota, AJ Allmendinger, Chevy, William Byron, Chevy. Then you got Bell in a Ford. Then it's Suarez in a Chevy, Cindric in a Ford, Bowman in a Chevy. But very Chevy heavy at the very top. And they don't even have their best road course guy in Chase Elliott in this race. But I do think that it probably is going to be a Chevy race. I think besides the fact that they've got a lot of the better super speed or road course guys, rather um, they've also had that advantage early. And I think that you may continue to see that here on a track where it's not the, the super speedway package is just so different that that doesn't translate anywhere else but the super speedways. So I, I like bets on, on Almondinger as well. I knew you'd get some in there, Rod. Had to find one. I wasn't going to bet him to win, but I, you know, I had to get somewhere in there. <laughs> okay, next up for me, Kyle Larson, top five. Um, this, again, shop around. This is minus 110 some places, but I found it up to my, plus 135. Uh, did I say top 10? I meant top five if I did, but Kyle Larson, top five, plus 135. Uh, to me, I mean, this seems like a no-brainer. Larson is, in my opinion, without Elliott out there, clearly the best road course racer in the field. Uh, he's had some mixed results last season, so I, I will say that because, again, with some of the chaos of some of these races, and it's the same thing with Elliott, like, as much as we talk about how great he is and how much he's dominant, he didn't win any of the road courses last season, despite the fact that he probably should have won, like, four of them and got fucked in all of them. But... Uh, Without these, I really think that these no stage cautions is going to make a huge, huge, huge different difference for the favorites in this race. I really think we're going to see that play out. So I think that Larson, one of the best drivers in the field, I think he's going to qualify well. He's in Hendrick, Chevy. They're going to be fast. He's going to start up front. He's going to keep it up front all day. Um, last season at this track, he got caught up in one of those big crashes in turn one, ended up with a bad finish. Um, that was the first race on the road courses in this next gen car everything was still kind of new at that point as well so people were still feeling things out um he ended up finishing 15th at sonoma but if you remember he led the first 26 laps from the drop of the green then they made a horrible pit strategy call he got tied up in the back of the field same thing with elliot that race they both just completely fucked that up and, and that led to suarez winning that race but then you go on to road america he ended up third place behind uh, Chase Elliott, not in this race, behind Tyler Reddick, who's not in the Chevrolet that's been fast this season that he was in. Last season, he's in a Toyota, which Toyota's, and I think we'll talk about this maybe a, a little bit more here in a few, but Toyota struggled a lot on road courses last season, way more noticeably than the other two manufacturers. And Denny Hamlin even made a comment on his podcast this week about 
poor finishes and that being more of a machine problem. <laughs> so basically <laughs> just completely throwing Toyota under the bus. Uh, but so Larson did finish third behind those two guys who are going to be not in this race and in a different car. Um, at Indy Road Course, if you remember, that's the one where either he fucked up or the throttle stuck or whatever the hell happened, and he blew through that corner and took out Ty Dillon in that scary wreck. So didn't finish that race. But then he dumped Chase Elliott at the end, won at Watkins Glen, which was a sweep of that weekend because he won in the Xfinity race as well. Um, then you went on to the Charlotte Road Course. That's where he fucked up his playoff run and got into the wall. Um, but then he, uh, you go back to the 2021 he was second at Coda, one at Watkins Glen, third place at Indy Road Course, won the Charlotte Roval. That was Larson, the road course racer up front in every single race. Last season, again, it was new with this new car and stuff. He was trying to figure some stuff out. There were some bad scenarios, but I still think he's the best out there and in the best car. We talk about that every week, and I think that these no-stage cautions is going to help a lot. If we get into an overtime or a late caution where everything gets bunched up, everything's off the table. Anything can happen at that point, but if it doesn't go that way and it stays green, it's going to be a huge advantage for Larson. I think getting him a plus money for just a top five, you don't even have, he doesn't have to win this race for this. He doesn't have to finish in the top three, just in the top five. I think that's more than achievable. If, if he doesn't get caught up in something, if it's just him racing, he is easily a top five car, the best car in my opinion, but easily top five. So a plus money at plus plus one thirty five. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm hesitant a little bit on road courses. Like I am on super speedways because shit does get so crazy sometimes. And, and that's cost me before with, I mean, Elliot should have won a couple of those road courses last season where I was fairly heavily invested. And then the late shit happens and you get fucked and then it pisses everybody off. But this is the one I'm feeling the most confident in. I, Larson should be up there all day uh barring any any c catastrophes uh, i mean in f1 we always tell you with especially with max verstappen it's like look if you're gonna you find any plus money bets on him whatsoever take those and uh, larson's the same way on a road course we've just seen it so many times where he will just be up front and we saw it in sonoma you know we've seen it in sonoma several times over for him anyways and it's just i don't know i, I think you're right in in the assessment that he is going to be by far and away the best road course car out there. Everybody's going to be trying to catch him. I mean, this is, especially if he does qualify well, and even if he doesn't qualify well, I think even if he's in somewhere in the, the top 10, you know, it, whatever it is. And, and, you know, honestly, this, this uh, top, you said top five bet. Yeah. Top five bet. It covers it. If something weird happens, right? I mean, we saw it with F1, Max Verstappen did not win the race. And so if you had him on podium, you won. You know, and it's just a matter of, of finding out where to where to get the best prices for the guys that are going to be the absolute favorites. So I love yep. this. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to move on to a sneaky bet. And this is one where I found the bet and then found the odds. I'm not thrilled about the odds. I don't like minus one twenty. Top top tens are rough this week. They're not they've been given they've been giving us some gifts the last few weeks, but a little bit tougher this week. Yeah, they tightened up from their super speedway generosity. Now they're uh, giving us back to, to normal odds here. But um, I'm looking at that 17 car, Chris Busher, as a top 10 car uh, in this race. At minus 120, the books seem to think that it's going to happen too, but Chris Busher has been sneaky good lately uh, on road courses. You go back to the Charlotte Roval last year, he finished sixth. Watkins Glen finished ninth. Indy Road Course, he finished 10th. 
Road America, he finished sixth. Sonoma, he finished second. If you're keeping score, that's five top tens in a row on a road course. Now, what happened at Coda? Rod's contradicting himself with stats. He finished 21st, but unfortunately, I don't think... Oh, uh, was- you can't take that bet. Something bad happened. Ah, damn it. That, that's what happens. But the Charlotte Roval, he finished third. Indy Road Course, he finished 12th, just outside of the top 10. I mean, look, he had a good stretch last season of top 10 finishes at a road course. And yes, that 21st place notwithstanding, you know, anything can and will happen on road courses. The first road course on Coda that he ran, he finished just outside of the top 10 at 13th place. So that's not too far away from a top 10 finish. He's figured stuff out. He had a hell of a run to finish the season on road courses. I think Chris Busher is going to be a fast car. We've talked a lot about Chris Busher this season. We've talked a lot about uh, that that RFK team and how fast these guys have been and how good their cars have looked. And, you know, Ford's got that aerodynamic uh, super whatever they've got going on for them, you know, whatever that is. But again, Chris Busher's been around the front. He had a fourth place finish at Daytona, a 13th place finish at Fontana, 21st at Las Vegas. Oops, there's a stat that contradicts. But a 15th place at Phoenix. That's not bad for the 17 car. I mean, generally speaking, that's that's pretty damn good. He's been in around the top 10 for most of the, the season. So um, give him a road course. Give him someplace he's comfortable. I, I think he can get this accomplished. I, I really, truly feel like he's a, a, a solid road course racer. And a top 10 finish for him is not out of the realm of possibility. And I like, the, I like, I like putting a bet on him. Like I said, I wish it was a little better odds, but I still think this one's going to cash. So at minus 120, give me Chris Buescher as a top 10 car. I was told I'm not always supposed to agree with you. So I will uh, I will uh, pinch in the, the opposite side of this potentially. The one thing that scares me about this, he does have the good finishes. He was really, really good about flipping the stages and then not giving up the positions. Can he go out and hold his own throughout an entire race without those built-in cautions, that'd be the only part that scares me a little bit. Um, but the track record is there. He's gotten the good finishes. We know he's pretty decent at these road courses. He seems to have it figured out. So I, I do like it from that angle. Um, so, yeah, I, it's not – I don't super love it. I, I, I've heard a lot of people already on Busher this week, which always scares me when a bunch of people are on like one. That's why I was, I was so hesitant with Corey LaJoy even last week because it was like – there's enough people that were on him that I'm like, I don't like this so much. But uh, oh, so people but, are on him. See, I don't listen to I don't listen to anybody right away. Like I, I wait try, until Saturday. Yeah, I try to I try to limit my listening to people, but I sometimes I see things or hear things, and it's like, uh, okay. But that that would be my only counter argument to that bet is if he if he can still do it without the stage flipping angle of things. But I think he's a good enough driver. He's proven enough that you can probably trust that. Next up for me, of course, these guys had to go head-to-head, right, on a week like this. Tyler Reddick, head-to-head versus Kyle Busch. Obviously, Kyle Busch in the Toyota last year. Toyotas did not do great on these these super – or these – what do I keep saying super? I got to get off the Atlanta mindset. Uh, they didn't do great at the road courses. That eight car was arguably the best car all season on road courses. Uh, it was hooked up. Tyler Reddick killed it, ended up winning two road courses uh, and and had a great run throughout all of them. So now this season, the roles are flipped basically, right? Uh, Kyle Busch is going into that eight car. We've seen it early. It's translated. That eight car is just fast and they're good. He wins right away. He, he looks good in a bunch of races, 
leading laps up front. And Tyler Reddick has struggled in the transition to Toyota. Now we're going to where the Toyotas, and even admittedly by them, struggled a lot last season. Christopher Bell did win the Charlotte Roval, hashtag cardboard gate, in a Toyota towards the end of the season. So yes, I know a Toyota did win one of the road courses, but Toyota was obviously much worse. I mean, guys like Denny Hamlin, guys like Kyle Busch were consistently running in like 30th place, just running back there, not even wrecking to get back there. So that it's going to be interesting to see if Toyota has upped it. And Christopher Bell, I think, was the one shining example. Maybe it's just because he's such a good road course racer. Um, and so maybe Tyler Reddick can just overcome that, and we'll see different here. But you know me. I got to take Kyle Busch in this side of things. Really like him. I like him this weekend as well. Um, and even here last year, despite the Toyotas not running great, at the start of overtime, Kyle Busch was in seventh. He had worked his way up into fifth before he got spun out, ended up with a bad finish. Um, so the finish not necessarily reflective of how he was running. Uh, and then later on in the season, he did finish 11th at Indy. Again, there was some chaos there. And he did finish third at the Roval, which was in the playoffs, which was when, I mean, we basically thought they were giving him like dummy cars or something. And half of them weren't even like going a third of the way into the race before they would just fall apart. So he, he is, and he's gotten, he's gotten road course wins before. He's been pretty decent over the years on the road courses. Not one of the elite guys. Look at guys like Martin Trix Jr., who was so good for so long on those. Guys like Jeff Gordon back in the day and stuff. Tony Stewart, those guys really stood out. Kyle Busch, not necessarily to that level, but always been a solid road course guy. Now you put him in the car that was one of the best last season on these tracks. With the way he started this season off, things have been going well for him. I think they're going to continue to go well. Those Toyotas scare me. I, I don't have fa- Tyler Reddick. He's the one who could prove you wrong, right? And maybe Christopher Bell too, but he was really, really good on him last year. But was that a great car and a great driver? Now you have a great driver, but not as good of a car where even guys like Denny Hamlin, you know, the, with the machine comment, it was the machine holding us back. Maybe Toyota has fixed things. Maybe they really focused on this in the offseason. I don't know. We're going to have to see, but I have way more faith in Kyle Busch than I do in Tyler Reddick. And again, all he has to do is beat Tyler Reddick to cash this one at minus 120. So I'm going to take Bush in the head-to-head. All right. Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll argue about that one in a little while. I'll uh, I'll make my case for the other side of that uh, later on. Uh, can't argue with Bush though. Obviously, you know that like you said, that eight car was fast. It did win a couple of races uh, on road courses. So we'll have to see if Kyle Bush can keep it together uh, and and actually go through and and go through the whole thing and win. Um, all right, I'm going to go with one of those Toyotas over a Ford. I know I just talked about Busher and the RFK cars getting things figured out, but now I'm going to contradict myself because that's what I love to do. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin over Brad Kozlowski. This one's at minus 115. And for this, all I literally did was just take their road course averages and, and factor in the fact that Denny Hamlin has an average finish of 12.9 in his career uh, well, not in his career, but since February of 2020, uh, over the last 15 road course races, a 12.9 average finish, Brad Keselowski, 18.1. That says it all for me right there. That is a six-place gap. I know Toyotas aren't good, but Brad Keselowski has not necessarily been the best on road courses, and neither is Denny Hamlin. Let's let's not mince words. Um, you know, he had a 13th-place finish at the Charlotte Roval last year. 
20th at Watkins Glen, 14th at Indy, 17th at Road America, 31st at Sonoma, but I think that, you know, had more to do with anything that back then. Uh, and then 18th at Coda. Uh, but you look at Brad Keselowski, last season, 14th at Charlotte, 19th at Watkins Glen, 20th at Indy, 33rd at Road America, 10th at Sonoma, 14th at Coda. All in that six car. Have they got things figured out a little bit? Yeah. Are they a little faster than they were at this point uh, last year? Now, yeah. But I will tell you that Denny Hamlin is an experienced driver. He may be driving equipment that he's not 100% thrilled with, but I still think he's a better overall driver than Brad Keselowski anywhere. And, and on a road course, obviously those average finishes. And again, that's really all I took to handicap it. I'm, I'm, I wasn't trying to go too deep into that because, you know, again, it's just a matter of, of where they finish in these road courses. And now with no stage breaks, I think that favors Denny Hamlin more than it does Brad Keselowski in this. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I think, uh, you know, we talk about watching all up and down the leaderboard, and I think you'll be watching the battle for 20th on this head-to-head. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it'll give you something to watch back there. Uh, I agree. I'll let you uh, I'll let you take this next bet, Rod. I, I, want, I want you to lead off on this one. Okay, Cody's going Cody's gonna to actually give you hard facts. But I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you two things that I love about this next bet, and that's Jimmy Johnson over Ty Gibbs. I'm taking the Jimmy Johnson side of this. Surprise, surprise. Uh, at minus one ten, is he in Hendrick equipment anymore? No. Uh, is he, you know, in the best world's best equipment? No. Has he driven a stock car in a while? Yeah, he drove in Daytona, but not on a road course, and it's been a very, very long time. Uh, but. What I'm really weighing this on is that he just spent the last year as an IndyCar driver. All he did was run road course type races. Now, granted, it was an IndyCar, but the feel of a road course is is almost, I think, the same. The mindset of a road course is the same. Jimmy Johnson is a seven-time champion. If anybody's going to beat a rookie, I know, Ty, I know you're about to give me all of these spectacular stats of why Ty Gibbs is the world's greatest road course racer, Cody. I know. I know you're going to paint this wonderful picture of a kid that knows exactly how to take a Sunday drive through a Texas city. But I'm telling you, this chiseled veteran is at least going to finish one spot above this rookie who's going to be driving for the first, well, he's going to be driving a stock car in the road course in Coda. And I, I don't know. For me, it's just give me the veteran over the rookie. How many times have I bet on Ty Gibbs in the Cup Series so far, Rod? That's a None. big fat goose egg. Zero. None. I, I, I didn't. Okay, I bet against him once in the season long head or season long win total one and a half. Most ridiculous line I've ever seen in my life. This might be one of the second most ridiculous bets I've ever seen. Why are these two matched up head to head? I have no idea. But this is not even close. I love Jimmy Johnson. Huge Hendrick fan. Huge Jimmy Johnson fan. Love the guy. Seven-time champion. I think he's probably the greatest driver ever in NASCAR. But that's in the past. <laughs> this is now. And this is not even close. It's it's going to be great to see him back out there. You love to see it. He's going to be mixing it up. We're bumping shoulders with these F1 guys. and th And that's great. Yes, Ty Gibbs is a rookie. Yes, he's young. He did start half the season last year in the Cup Series. Had a couple of road course starts in that. Um, in only his second career start in the Cup Series, uh, he finished 17th at Indy. 
that's not bad. That's that's perfectly fine. I think a 17th place probably beats Jimmy Johnson. I hate to say it. Uh, 26th at Watkins Glen. Things got a little hairy there. 22nd at the Roval. That wasn't super impressive either, but that shows me at least it's three consistent finishes in his in his races there. His very first career start in the Xfinity Series. Eight fresh 18-year-old kid comes up, smokes the entire field. I think I had him like 50 to 1, 60 to 1. That was, this was pre-podcast days, but that was a beautiful day. I fell in love with Ty Gibbs that day. He, I sort of fell on in love with him last season. But but uh, but no, it was great. And, and just smoked the field at Daytona Road Course. RIP to that to that place. Uh, but and, and then he's been really, really good at road courses in the Xfinity Series. I'm not going to rattle off all the stats. It's a lot of wins. It's a lot of second places. It's a lot of top fives. He's a good road course guy. Um, and Jimmy Johnson, again, I love him. Never was a great road course racer. He was always fine, but it's been a couple of years since he's been in a cup car on a road course. This is the next gen car. He does have the garage 56. Is it 56, 65? I think it's 56. Uh, he is one of the drivers for that. So he has had some testing time in that again, similar to a next gen car, not completely, but it is something, um, Yes, he did IndyCar road courses. I guess he was getting practice laps at the back of the field, so good for him. <laughs> but I don't like to hate on Jimmy Johnson, and trust me, if you've listened to this show, I don't want to bet on Ty Gibbs, but this is an absolutely ridiculous matchup, in my opinion, and it's not even close. It's, it's easily Ty Gibbs for me. I, I just I have no faith. In, and again, what's this, this legacy motor club? You got to put your pinky up when you say that. I think. <laughs> got to smoke the cigar. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, what, what you know? How good are these cars going to be? Eric Jones had some good runs last season, but he had good runs everywhere last season and hasn't this season so far. I don't know. I'm I'm just not sold on it. Uh, and in my opinion, at this point in time, Ty Gibbs is a way better road course racer than Jimmy Johnson is, and I, I just don't think Jimmy's got it at, at his ripe old age. Boy, you're hating on the old guys. I know this because and I'm I think the same they age put this Jimmy. out there. I think they put this out there because a lot of people love Jimmy Johnson, and they're like, "Who's somebody we can pair him up with that's going to be sneaky good enough?" But people will give us their money on Jimmy Johnson, and they got you, Rob. Hey, hey listen, I'm okay. Hook, line, and sinker, baby. Give me that. <laughs> give me that 84. I'm I'm with it. So that is our. That's each of our next bets is is taking either side of that. It is minus one ten for your side. I'm paying a little extra minus 120 on Gibbs, but like we know, only pay the juice if you lose, which you won't do if you bet on the Gibbs side of things. So, <laughs> sorry, Rod. I know. I hate to do it. I love you, Jimmy, but just facts are facts. Uh, next up for me, you know we couldn't go a show without finding a way to bet on Kevin Harvick. Absolutely. A couple plus money bets here on him. Top 10 at plus 155. Top forward at plus 800. Like I said, top 10 odds, not super great here this week. Um, but I was surprised to find him at plus money. So I figured that that was good enough for me. Um, you go over to the Ford side of things, and Ford does not have a bunch of road course guys that are super great. And, and so I think that lends into the Harvick side of things. It's almost like you just throw a dart, you pick one of these Ford guys, and, and you can kind of make a case for different guys. But Austin Sindrick is actually the favorite to be the top forward, which kind of goes to show you something. Now, Sindrick has a road course racing history, was great in the Xfinity Series, had pretty good runs last season, but nothing 
spectacular, wasn't necessarily battling for wins or or there at the end of any of these. Ryan Blaney, he's won before on a road course. Can you trust Ryan Blaney to do anything at this point? No. Chase Briscoe, I don't know if BJ McLeod is right here by this or what, but he's not done much. Okay, he had a good run last week at Atlanta. Give him that on the Super Speedway. But he's been hanging out with BJ McLeod the rest of the season. Then it's Kevin Harvick. Then you got Chris Buescher, who you made a case for, and I think there's a solid case for him. Joey Logano, again, he's hard to ever bet against. And at plus 650 uh, for Joey Logano, might be worth taking a peek at. His his road course history is so up and down. It, that's him everywhere, though. It's We've talked about that before. He's so hard to bet on because he can dominate races like he did last week. And then he can show up and run 20th all day. And it's like, what the hell? So then you got guys like Brad Keselowski, Michael McDowell's okay. And then it really falls off from there as far as as the Ford guys. So I think you're getting solid value. And let's see, I think he's plus 600 on this one. So again, shop around because I found him at plus 800. So I feel like that's pretty good for top Ford. And then throw in the top 10. Um, looking back at last season, he was 11th at Coda in the race here. Again, there was some chaos that cleaned a few drivers out in front of him, so you got to take that into into the factor. But fourth place at Sonoma, tenth uh, at Road America, I uh, got caught up in it in Indy, but then twelfth at Watkins Glen, second at the Roval in the fall. So not all top tens, but on the the six road courses, he had three top tens, so pretty good. An eleventh and a twelfth in there—that's right near the top ten. So at plus money, again, he's a top ten machine. I don't feel as comfortable on the road courses I do, you know, at Phoenix specifically, but, or any of these other ovals with Harvick, uh, but he's good everywhere. He continues to, to show why we bet on him week after week. And, uh, yeah, I had to find a way to get him in here. And, and I feel like there's really good value on the, the top forward part of things. Yep. I mean, again, this is his last run around a uh, coda. So you got to try to go out with a bang. And for him, that's probably a top 10. I mean, that's not necessarily going for the win. I don't think he's thinking that he's going to win, but I think he does want to get somewhere near the front and inside the top 10. And I think by proxy, he's always been one of the top forwards anyways. So, um, you know, what better way to, to parlay those than to, to throw them both together. So, all right, my next bet, a winning car bet. I like the value on this because in fact, spoiler alert, two of our drivers that we picked are actually over this number. Uh, and that's 30 and a half. So this is coming in at plus 225. The names are not sexy over 30 and a half. And it's it's mainly because you have Justin Haley, Michael McDowell, Todd Gilliland, Ryan Priest, Noah Gragson, Eric Jones, Ricky Stenhouse, Connor Daly, Cody Ware, Ty Gibbs, Ty Dillon, Josh Balicki, and Daniel Suarez, Jimmy Johnson. But I will say, Daniel Suarez, right? We saw him win on a road course. So there's one win right there. Tyler Reddick. He was really good here last year, too. And he was really good here last year. Dominated the first part of the race until he had that that issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he led led basically almost that whole first stage, in fact. Um, And so that's that's one win there. Tyler Reddick, we talked about him. Two road course wins. He's in the 45. I totally understand that. We'll talk about that more in a second. But um, the fact that he's still a good road course racer and has a little bit of momentum behind him. So that is a good pick right there. Alex Bowman. Another solid car in that camp. And then you've got wild cards that you could say. Maybe Ty Gibbs does figure out a way to to be a ridiculously good racer. Maybe Michael McDowell pulls a super speedway and runs on a road course. Like, you know, there's a little bit of, of ways that you can kind of sneak one in there as well. But I think those three cars 
that I just listed off, you know, in, in Suarez, in Redick, and in Bowman are three of those those heavy hitters in that. And I think they all, and this is a way to hedge too off of the top of the field because you don't have Elliott there right now. You don't have the nine car anymore. I mean, you have Chastain, you got uh, Larson, and you've got Bush up there in the top, like if you're going to go 10 or under, you know. But the middle of the field is sort of blah. You know, from about 10 to 30, you're just like, meh, William Byron, maybe he's in Hendrick equipment. A.J. Allmendinger, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, because I don't think he's going to win, but he could win. Ryan Blaney, we talked about him a little bit. You know, it just gets kind of muddled. But then you, I think you got three solid options past 30 that should one of those hit, it's pretty decent money at, at plus 225 to just throw something on. Yeah, I... You made a pretty solid case. I was trying to find. I don't know where I saw it. I can't find it. There is one that's that zero to nine. I almost added that because I really like. You get Ross Chastain. You get Kyle Larson. You get Kyle Busch. You, you get Jordan Taylor, too, if, if you're interested in that. Um, but, yeah, I think that there's a lot of value here on this one where, where you called out at the, is it 30 plus? So, I, I like this one as well. Yep. It's it's a tough one to swallow, but it's also I think a, a good little hedge just in case uh, one of those top what over twenty nine cars do hit, and uh, and you're sitting there with a winner that's outside of that, and you're just like, well, shit. Yeah, and and well, we're about to give out a couple of guys that are under that number, and so if you're betting on them again, like you said, a good way to hedge if one of those those chalk guys doesn't necessarily get it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, let us uh, go ahead and take another break, and we'll come back and give you our race winners. Kind of already given you a couple of hints as to who they're going to be, but we'll hit those up as soon as we get back. But before that, let's tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness, and College Pick'em is a great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy is your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. For those of you who are watching us on YouTube. Thank you. We love you for that. Hi. No Corey LaJoy face this time. We'll get back to that soon enough. Uh, but I will say, oh, there's Corey LaJoy's face. It's never too far away <laughs> from us. I'm sorry, Cody. I, I had you muted. What, I, he's over here waiting for Talladega. He'll, ma he'll make his next appearance then. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, well, listen, the bosses tell us to continue to tell you to like, to subscribe. Listen, and for the podcast listeners, go ahead and leave us a review. We would absolutely love for that to happen because that's how the bosses know that you're paying attention to us and that they want to keep us on the air for you. Uh, it's the easiest way to support this show. Just drop a quick review. And of course, the same way on YouTube, leave some comments, leave some likes, leave some subscribing bells and whistles. And I don't know, send up a flare. Let us know that you're watching us. But uh, yeah, we see you out there. We see you watching and we're appreciative of it. So uh, continue to do so, please. All right, people are going to win this race, yeah? They're going to cross the finish line first, and we need to identify who we think is going to be the winner. So, Cody, I'll let you, as always, cue up your winners first. Well, I was hoping you would take one of these guys because I didn't want to put both of them in here, but uh, I'm I'm going straight to the top of the board. Here's, here's how I'm going to play the winners. I'm going to give out these three guys. I'm going to bet them all early in the week as we, as we speak now. Then I'm going to watch practice. I'm going to watch. We have an extended practice. I think is it is it 90 minutes maybe? 
on this one. It's a, it's a long practice. So we're going to get, we're going to learn a lot from practice. And this is the type of track where practice and qualifying matters a lot. Like you're what we learn in practice and qualifying is going to drastically change the lines. That's why I want to get on some of these guys now, but it's going to teach us a lot as well. So I'll probably add one, potentially, unless these guys are at the top of the board, like I hope, uh, potentially we'll add one more guy. If somebody else pops up, if it's a Ross Chastain, if it's a AJ Allmendinger or something, one of these guys we don't pick, spoiler alert, uh, that is, at, you know, ends up being fastest in practice, qualifies on the pole, might sprinkle on them depending on how much their odds shift. But these two guys, if they're fast in practice, if they're fast in qualifying, you will not find them at these odds after that time. So getting in on them early. Kyle Larson, plus 650. He's the favorite at the top of the board. Kyle Busch, he's the second or third favorite most places. I'm taking both of them. He's at plus 800. I don't go chalky like this too often, but I feel like of all weeks, this is the week to do it. If things go according to plan, again, it's it's got to stay green, I think, for these to really have the best chance. But if it happens, you're going to look back and be like, wow, the value we got on these guys. and when we go to the next road course and Chase Elliott's back by then and we saw these types of guys dominate this, you might not get odds like this again at other road courses. And I think that could be where this goes. So we'll see. But Kyle Larson already made the case for him earlier. Kyle Busch already made the case for him earlier. Plus 650, plus 800. Also, as we while Rod was uh, reading that that uh, read there, I was, I was looking and, and Truck Series winner bets at least have dropped finally. Kyle Busch is plus 155. Uh, I would go hammer that. If you're in the Discord, you've already seen me post that. So props to you for being in there, getting in on it early. But he's going to fucking obliterate the field with no cautions in that race. So we'll cover that on the Truck Series event. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to advocate for that now as well. And then also for the Cup Series, back to that, I'm going to give out one long shot because love my long shots. Hit Ross Chastain 40 to 1 last year as my toss the extra long shot in there. Worked out pretty good. Alex Bowman, again, if you're in the Discord, props to you because I said I liked him at 25 to 1. He's already dropped most places to 18 to 1. I found him one place at 20 to 1 still. So go get on him soon. He's already getting bet down. He finished second here last year. He was in that three car battle to win this race. And he's proven to be a pretty decent road course racer. Again, he gets slept on a lot in that Hendrick camp. Um, and we've seen him already show up a few times so far this season. He's going to be in that truck series race as well. He's at plus 600. Might be a nice hedge off of Kyle Busch. Uh, but again, come back for the truck series race for that. But he's going to have that practice the day before on this track. Um, performed well last season in the trucks on road course. He's going to do it again here. Uh, I think it was actually at Coda. I don't. I haven't looked up truck statistics yet. But I think it was here where he had a good run. Um, and he was very good here in Sunday's race as well. So I think at 20 to one, hopefully you got about 25 to one already, even at 18 to one, if that's all you can find by the time this comes out. Uh, I really like Ky uh, Alex Bowman rather as the long shot. Again, he's in a Hendrick car. We know how good the Hendrick cars are. We know how good the Chevys are. He's got all of that stuff, but he's at the long shot odds. It's it's similar to an Austin Hill where again, he, he based on the car he's in, based on the talent he has, he probably shouldn't be this far down on the board, but yet they're giving him to us again. So Again, I know I've been on Alex Bowman a lot so far this season, but it's come pretty close so far a couple times, and I can't 
pass up on him when he's this far down on the board at 20 to one. Well, he was one of the only drivers that had like all those top 10 finishes in the start of the season. So he's been a fast car all season long. It's just hasn't been able to pull it together yet. And maybe with Chase Elliott out, maybe instead of the nine car being the, the benefactor of the road course attention, maybe the 48 car gets it or even the 24 and the 48. And then yeah, don't, don't sleep on William Byron. <laughs> yeah, no, he could get it too. <laughs> he could. Um, all right. Well, I'm giving out Tyler Reddick as my winner at, at plus uh, 1000. It's 10 to one for Tyler Reddick to win again. The only reason that I did not suggest Kyle Larson, I had a feeling that we were going to do the exact same thing that we do in the F1 show and say, this is your chance to bet Kyle Larson now, because before qualifying, those odds are going to be where they're at. After qualifying, after practice, you will probably get those at 200 points less. I mean, even yeah. Even I more. think if Kyle Larson qualifies on the pole, he's at plus 650 right now. Likely that number shifts before qualifying even. If he ends up on the pole, it might be like plus 200. I think it'll I think it will get that low because he's going to be fast in practice, he's going to look good. He's going to be fast in qualifying and if he does qualify on the pole, it is going to just obliterate these odds. So you've got to again another another prop of having this done early this week specifically. I think you've if you want to bet on Larson I don't know that I'm going to bet on him at plus 200 at that point. There's too many things that can go wrong, even though you'll have that that safety feeling of, wow, he looks good. We know he's going to look good, all right? We're telling you right now. So get it while you can before it gets obliterated. But yeah. And that's, and that's what I was saying. No, and that's, that's exactly what I was saying. Like We, we were going to give you that. This is, this is your chance. Bet Kyle Larson. Yeah. If, if it all shakes out the way it's going to, it's going to be a Max Verstappen show. But if it's not... And this is where we kind of got uh, uh, lucky with the F1. We said if it wasn't going to be Max Verstappen, it will be his teammate, Sergio Perez. Well, I mean, Tyler Reddick is not Kyle Larson's teammate. They're not even close. They're not even the same manufacturer. But I still feel as if Tyler Reddick, I understand this 45 car has not been the perfect fit for him. But I also understand that his average finish at Coda has been seventh place in the two races that he's been. So he's not, he's been inside the top 10 in both Coda races that he's been at. Fifth place finish last year, uh, ninth place finish the year before. I talked about his two road course wins, right? He won at Indy, he won at Road America. He still had two top 10 finishes at both Watkins Glen and Charlotte, which means he was still within striking distance of being the race leader, being the race winner. That, you know, And Tyler Reddick's a good enough driver to, to find himself up and around the front no matter what kind of car he's in. And he's proven that as a really fantastic rebound over the last two weeks. I mean, you want to talk about starting off the season about as poorly as you can, right? 39th place finish, he wrecked out of Daytona. 34th place finish, he wrecked out of California. But he turned around in Las Vegas, got himself a nice solid 15th place finish after a miserable 34th place start. Then the next week in Phoenix, starts 12th, finishes in third. An impressive third place run for him. Atlanta, 16th place start. Drove his way to a fifth-place finish and was in all of the madness, but still kept himself clean, run in a fifth-place finish. Maybe he's got something figured out. Maybe he's figured out how to, to drive this car, and, and he's found the right settings for him. The team's probably been hard at work since get-go to try to get this car fit to him. He's proven road course winner. He's on a momentous streak, right, with a third-place and a fifth-place finish. So maybe he's feeling good about himself heading into this weekend. I think Tyler Reddick has a lot of momentum behind him running into this. 
And at 10 to 1, I mean, again, I like the odds at 10 to 1 because what if he comes out and does qualify good? You're not going to see these. You'll probably see this at 700. You may even see it at 600, depending on the dip. So I think you grab Tyler Reddick now before he has a good showing in practice and a good showing at qualifying. Yeah, and if you think he's going to show up with speed, same thing because if he comes out and he's one of the fastest cars, they're going to be like, oh, shit, he won a bunch of road course races last year, and whoop, there goes the odds. Like They are going to drop quickly on him as well. There's there's certain guys at the top here. Specifically, I think th- those three, really, it's going to be Larson, Reddick, and Bush that their odds will adjust more than anyone else's if they're fastest. Yeah, if a guy like Daniel Suarez comes out and he's the fastest, sits on the pole like he did last season, his odds will drop but not as drastically as these guys as well. Um, and you, you would still be able to get a decent price there. But uh, I think that, that you're, you're on track there as far as if you think Toyota has it figured out. And again, needed some cardboard help, but a Toyota did win a road course last season. So it's not like they, they were completely held out. I talked about Kyle Busch, how he had some good runs in Toyota last season, even though he was on his way out of Toyota and, and they were giving him crap cars half the time. So it's it's not beyond the you know beyond reasonable that he could do well, and we saw it last season. I mean, he proved like he's serious and he's showing up. So I, I think if he at least has a decent car, he's already proven to be an excellent driver on the road courses. I mean, Road America had him at twenty five to one there too. By the way, we hit big on road courses last season. That was fun. Uh, but uh, I mean, he outdueled Chase Elliott at the end of that. Like he outraced the guy who's typically respected as the best road course racer. So, and that was just straight up beat him. So, he's proven he can do it. If if the if the Toyotas are are at least improved a little, um, I think that he's the he's the guy over any of the other Toyotas that really could get it done. So, I, I don't hate that one either. Yeah, I just think driver is going to go a long way. Driver input into this this car is going to go a long way into him being there at the finish. Um, all right, time to get out your pen and paper. Let's go over the bets that we laid out for the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix in Austin, Texas. Cody started you out with either the winner of stage one to win the race or the winner of stage two to win the race. The winner of stage one to win the race is at plus 350. The winner of stage two to win the race is at plus 325. Bet them both. I think uh, either one of them have a really good shot at, uh, at cashing. Maybe both. Maybe both, in fact. You're absolutely right. Um, I gave you AJ Allmendinger as a top three at plus 350. I tossed in a little bonus of a Quinella of Larson and Dinger. I mean, I think it's going to end up being Larson and Dinger if it is one, two. Um, but who knows? Maybe Dinger's there at the end and, you know, we get... Plus twenty. Probably bet it both ways. It's probably even more if you do it the other way. Uh, no, it, Quinella doesn't matter. Is it the same? Oh, oh yeah. I got, oh, so it's e- okay. Either got, way. Oh yeah, exactly. Would yep. be the, yeah. I exactly. Got it. Makes sense. Yep. Okay. So uh, twenty-two to one for that Quinella, uh, and then Cody gave you Larson as a top five car. That's probably easy money right there at plus one three one one thirty-five. I gave you Busher as a top ten car at minus one twenty. Cody followed that up with Kyle Busch over Tyler Reddick at minus one twenty. And then I gave you Denny Hamlin over Brad Kozlowski at minus 115. I think I'm loving the Toyotas a little more than I probably should, but oh well. <laughs> uh, and then Cody and I are going to have to figure out a good side bet for this one. Uh, it's Jimmy over... Here's, here's my Toyota love. Yeah, this is your Toyota <laughs> love. Uh, well, it's it's Jimmy Johnson pit up against Ty Gibbs. I've got the Jimmy side. Cody's got the Gibbs side. We'll see who's victorious at the end of it. 
<clears throat> me. And then uh, <laughs> Cody followed it up with Harvick. It's a top 10 car at plus 155, top four at plus 800. I gave you the winning car number over 30, 30 or more, really, uh, at plus 225. And then, of course, Cody said Kyle Larson, which I fully back as well, at plus 650. Kyle Busch at place, uh, plus 800. Kyle Bowman at 20 to 1 to win. And I'm throwing in Tyler Reddick at 10 to 1 to win this race. Cody's, I like it. Cody's I think it's like, going to be, go. uh, might, might have to break out the chalk for the recap show, but uh, that's I'm really feeling a chalky week this week. I, I Man, we'll see. It depends how it goes. If we get the late race cautions again, good best of luck to you at that point because it's going to be that uh, that gif with Elmo in the flames where everything's just fucking burning down. Fire. That's pretty much what it's going to look like. But uh, hopefully that's not the case. Indeed. Uh, all right. Well, again, this is a, a lovely drive through Austin, Texas for three miles uh, that we're ready for. And like I said, hopefully this early episode gets you some good value on your bets. Um, I know a lot of folks don't like value, but whatever, we'll we'll give it to you anyways. Uh, and obviously, continue on with us throughout the week in the Discord. We'll fine tune these bets. We'll update the odds. Like I mean, this show, yes, it's it's a yeah, episode, mean, but of yeah. of any weeks to be in the Discord, like for more information, now is a, a good time to get in there because we are we're going to learn a lot in practice and in qualifying, and that. I mean, potentially that could add a bunch of bets that we end up adding. If, if there's still some head-to-heads out there that seem super lopsided, winners, top positions. I mean, I, I think we could be very heavily influenced by practice and qualifying. I'm going to stand by these bets that we've given out and, and place them early in the week because I think there's a lot of good value. But I think there's a potential to add a lot more uh, potent- or maybe just reinforce what we already said too. But I think there's the potential to add a lot more. So you're going to want to get in the Discord. Uh, again, that link is in in everything. Hit us up on Twitter or whatever. You can find it. Um, and, and yeah, it's a great place to be. A lot of fun. A lot of, lot of chit-chat throughout the races and, and even throughout the week. I mean, it's been active even today. Mm-hmm. Pop in. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Whatever. We're, we're up for anything. <laughs> tell so. us you'd rather pay somebody for your picks. Whatever. It's all good. <laughs> we, we're not going to tell you how to live your life, but we will tell you our favorite bets and hope you tail us and win some money alongside of us. All right, Cody, let's wrap things up and tell everybody where they can find us on social media. You go first. Yes. Find me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Uh, just, just locked in all my, uh, sweet 16 picks for basketball over there with tally sites. So you can find those over uh, on my Twitter and, uh, yeah, all my other works there as well. Follow him. He's a multifaceted man. Not only does he do racing, but he does football, basketball. Uh, we haven't gotten him on, on, um, what's that one? Australian rules football. Oh no, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> let's go G long. I know you're, you're trying to get me on there. I know I am. <laughs> Uh, all right, follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's in between media. It's all right there for you. We'll be back again tomorrow with probably Xfinity, whatever the books give us. I'm sure it's Xfinity. We'll come back with Xfinity yeah. tomorrow. Trucks are starting to come out, so we'll see what we get. Yeah, Depends. We'll, we'll figure it out. But anyways, thanks for hanging with us. We'll be back again tomorrow with some more. And until next time, let's go racing and let it ride.